Hey there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name's Aaron Santamire, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to have the first time that I've ever interviewed somebody from Nigeria. We have Abos with us, and just a phenomenal interview. This is a connection that was made from Love God Greatly, and just to get to hear her story and how God has worked in her life, and then her love for God's Word. And um, she lives lives in Nigeria, serves in Nigeria. She's a she works in the in a hospital and just works with Love God Greatly to to do translation and just promoting um, yeah the study of God's word and just to get to hear her heart about growing up in the north of Nigeria and the challenges of that being a Christian in a predominantly Muslim area and just she opens up um, what I was very um, touching when she shares about the recent miscarriage that she has been through and and uh, yeah just some some wisdom there how God has brought her through that and. So anyway, just enjoyed being spending some time with her and uh, do want to ask you to continue to send in your questions for Back Channel with Foth. That's where we sit down with Vic, Dick Foth and answer listeners' questions. Well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. Excited to be here with my new friend today, Abos. And she she shared with me before her last name. And many of the people that listen into the podcast know I struggle with people's last names. But she shared with me that maybe it took her a, a few years to pronounce it correctly herself. So I knew that Aaron Santameyer was never going to pronounce it correctly. So Abos, welcome to the podcast. And could you share with us how we say your last name? Thank you very much for inviting me on here. Uh, pronounce I for Wokhan. Oh, wow. Okay. It, it takes a skill, particular skill to pronounce <laughs> It, uh, it takes a skill that I don't have. And so... Um, at all, sure. at all, at all, at all. <laughs> Could you share a little bit about yourself um, before we jump into some of the questions I have for you today? All right. Um, I'm a Nigerian. I live in Nigeria. I've never been out of the country. Funny. Yeah. yeah um, I'm 31. Yeah, yeah. Recently married. I got married last year, June. I'm pregnant with my first baby. So wow. by July. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. I feel like we should have the baby. My husband is the pastor. Okay. So, yeah. So, we minister together at church here. My both parents are pastors too. So, I grew up in past. I'm a um, preacher's kid. Yeah. yeah. I'm a medical radiographer. Okay. Yeah. I work in one of the teaching hospitals here in Nigeria. Okay. Yeah. I love to read. I'm an yeah. avid reader. I read a lot. Yeah. I love to read. Yeah. I love my space. I'm an introvert. Okay. I only get talking when I'm with people okay. that when I'm with an old, good audience. Yes, yeah. I get to, I love God's word. Yeah. I've always had that love for God's word, uh, because, uh, mainly because I, uh, kind of home I grew up in. Hmm. My father was obsessed with God, obsessed with God's word. He was a teacher of God's word. And I always say that um, I'm yet to see someone that teaches God's word like my dad. Wow. It's not been, I'm not being biased. I've listened to <laughs> a lot. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm not being biased. I'm listening. I've listened to a lot of teachers, yeah. but he has this uncanny way of presenting God's word to you that automatically makes you just fall in love with God's word. I want to listen. I want to read. I want to know for yourself. So I love God's word. Wow. Um, so I, I'm a Bible teacher also. Yeah. And presently I facilitate studies online with um, Love God Greatly. I also translate our studies into um, one of the indigenous languages of Nigeria. Nigeria speaks over, we have over 400 languages here in Nigeria. 
Yeah, so Hausa is one of the three major languages. Wow, wow. So I translate our studies into that. Wow. So how does an introvert survive in a country that has a lot of people? Because my understanding of, I've, I lived in Burkina Faso. Um, I'd never okay. been, never been, I've been to Niger, but I've never been to Nigeria, but I hear that there's a lot of people. So how does an introvert survive in a, a country with all those people? Oh, well, I create my own space. I am very, <laughs> I, I, <I'm> not, <laughs> yeah, no, I create my own space. I love to stay, I'm a homebody. Yeah. I love to stay at home. I hate going out. And God did, God, God did a number of me by giving me a man that loves people, that loves to go out. Yeah. So every weekend, a constant tussle on whether we should go out or we should stay home, whether we should eat out or eat in. Yeah, no, but I love my own space. I create my own space. I stay at home. I go out only when I have to for work, maybe yeah. shopping, when I have to. But when I don't have to, I stay at home. Yeah, that's I, good. That's good. <laughs> When we were when we were we were sharing back and forth on email, you you talked about going growing up in northern Nigeria, and um, and as a Christian, so I think a lot of us that at least when I first read that, my understanding of northern Nigeria there'd be a lot of more Islamic influence. Can you just share a little bit about some of the joys and challenges growing up in that part of the the country? Yeah, as a Christian. Oh well, um, there was always this background tension. Yes, I, I was born and brought up in um, northern Nigeria, Meduguri, Borono State, to be precise. That is not eastern part of Nigeria. So there was always this bangra, um, background um, tension. Yeah, so there was um, this and the kind of home I grew up in. So we always knew that um, at, any, at, at any time something could happen. And if anything happens, we are going to be the first targets. Yeah, we're going to be the first targets. So was always being on a lot. Yeah, always being on a lot. And we never, well, always been on a lot in the North. And we never really, I never really saw any war until the Boko Haram insurgency started in 2006. That was my first contact with war and it was horrible. My family was displaced. My father was almost killed. A lot of things happened. I think it's one part of my, one part of my life I don't really talk about because it was a horrible time. Yeah, and go to the south because after the war, that first war, we were displaced and life became very, very tough. We're still very young and I have three siblings, so we're four, four kids to my parents. So we're still very young then and life became very, very tough. So after like, after seven years, we had school. So I had to stay back. So literally we wake up every day. What wakes us up from sleep every morning is a bomb blast. So throughout the day, yes, we, 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 we nicknamed bomb blast, um, alarm clock so if we get really we actually wonder what's happening so there's there's always this constant bomb exploding over and over and over throughout the whole day we can get so it the war became part of our lives i know that what i normally watch on in movies in afghanistan and iraq became i became to i started leaving it actually started to leave it which was it was a horrible time christianity actually became very 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 hard to practice we took those who were real. Uh, then it was like the shaft was now being seen from the real with. So those who were really strong Christian and those who were just in need for the ride, so many people fell along the way. So it was really, really tough living there um, because it was predominantly Muslims. 
your Muslim friend could come into your room in school then and kill you and nobody was going to do anything about it. Yeah, friends were killing friends. Yes, wow. friends were killing friends. Things were happening that you weren't sure. You could see a person today or this second and like in two minutes time, tell the person is dead. Maybe they stepped out somewhere and they were shot a stray bullet in Nigeria when the war started, actually. It was really, really tough. But God saw us through. I think he created in me this strength to survive anything hmm. uh, so help my work with christ yes as he also helped my work with christ is that it's not going to be easy it's not yeah. always going to be easy but the ability to stand and trust god to keep was what kept us going yeah and uh wow amazing story you shared about your in university and that you, you were a pastor's kid. And then when you went to university, you kind of took a different path. And um, that was just something that really stuck out to me. Could you share a little bit about that? Okay. Um, um, being a preacher's kid was that there was no money. So things were hard. Um, you could see your friends going to school. We could see what friends brought to school and we couldn't have. So the life wasn't attractive. Yeah, the life wasn't attractive. I've always been, I've always been a dreamer. So the life wasn't tallying with the things I had in my head. Yeah. I've always been older than my age too. So things I had in my head, the life I was living wasn't tallying with it. So it was really not exciting. It wasn't um comfortable. It was always restricting. When we wanted something, it wasn't there. By the time it came, we didn't really want it wasn't comfortable. So by the time I got and I really wanted to leave home because I felt that it was better, maybe outside of home, we're better off. Mm. But then I got into the university, yes. But then I got into the university, set me off completely. I kept me off completely. It was crazy, but um, at every point in time, looking back at it now, I just said at every point in time, God pursued me. Yeah, God pursued me. My parents would always tell me, my, my late, my dad, my late dad, um, he passed in 2020. Before he died, he always called me his light. Yeah, mm. before, no, thank you. Let's come back yeah. Yeah. He passed in 2016. Why, why do you come with that? He told me that later part of his life that he can't really do much teaching, much preaching. He suddenly sees me doing all these things. He's ready to go home, actually. He's ready to go home. That if he has not done anything and he had done a lot, but that he replicated himself in me was okay for him. Wow. So looking back, yeah. So looking back, I saw that all those, the, that deviation was, was what was drawing me back home. Somehow mm-hmm. was drawing me back home because I strayed and I strayed very, very far. Friends, myself, I didn't want to follow my parents' path. It wasn't attractive. It wasn't nice. It wasn't good to me. I felt I wanted to do something different, be someone different, have a lot of money. Yeah. That was it. Have a lot of money to get whatever I wanted to get at any time. I wanted that freedom. You know, as a preacher's kid, do this, don't do this. You have to be, you have to be a model to that. You have to be a model and that and that. So the restrictions were too much. Yeah. You know, too much. And the, the needs, there's, there's always constantly, we're always looking for something. Yeah. The little, little things that we wanted as kids, we couldn't really get them when we wanted them. So we were like, no, I don't want, I don't want this life. I want yeah. something different. Yeah. If my parents were probably working in the bank or something else, I or the doctors or something, I felt that they would have had the money to take care of us, but they didn't have the money because they are pastors. So yeah. why would I want to live this life? But well, I yeah. end every day I came back to it. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, but their story is one that I've commonly heard and saw in my life living. You know, we've lived in Africa for the last 20 years and seeing pastors, kids growing up and then and seeing very similar to what you described, the, the life that they've had to live with their fa- their mother and father being in the church was very difficult and very challenging. And they wanted to get away from that because of the challenges they had been in. And so yeah. it is something that is on my heart is seeing a generation moving away from God and because they connected with the life that they've had to live because of their parents being in the church. And um, it's something I hate, I hate to see it and um, hate to see that, that moving away. So it's an encouragement to hear your story and your testimony of how God's brought you, you went there, but then God's brought you back. So I think that's what excited me about uh, hearing it um, and wanted to hear it from you. Wanted to hear it from you. The story of how you found um, Love God Greatly is, is fascinating to me. Can you just share a little bit about that and um, how how God wove that all together? All right. Um, my, my, the course I went to read in university was supposed to be a five-year course. I actually got into university when I was 16, and I was supposed to leave when I was 21. Yeah, so it was a five-year course. I really put the time I was supposed to put into my studies. So my second year, I repeated my second year. Um, after that, I went into my third year. I repeated my third year again. That was a changing point. That was a turning point in my life. When I repeated my second year, it's my, my third year, sorry. And the rule in my school was um, if you get to repeat a particular um, 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 level twice, you're going to be withdrawn. So I knew that I was on the last thread. And that what made me look for God. So when I was done with that, um, after seven years, I was able to graduate. But I had to come back again for an extra one year because there were two pending courses that had not yet passed. So at that time, I had a lot of time on my hands and little to do. And I had just renewed my relationship with God. So I was really scared of having to come back into this environment and somehow slip back into my former life or somehow have so many um, um, time on my hands and not have something productive to do with it. So I just googled um, online Bible studies, free online Bible studies. Um, and I saw two. One was, um, I can't remember, but other was Love God Greatly. They were actually announcing their first and second Peter study. Wow. And when I opened it up here yeah, to read and everything, I'm like, wow, could this something I can do? It's online. I can get the resources online free. I don't have to buy or anything. Uh, well, like, wow, this is amazing. I could join a group. And it was so, well, what I was looking for, looking for a community yeah. where I could stay, where, where the people that could keep me stable, keep me grounded, keep reminding me, because I was still very, very young in my faith then. So I was so excited. So I printed out the study, the free study, I printed it out, and I started studying. And from the day one of that study, my life changed. Wow. Figuratively and literally. Yeah. There was, there was this, um, I just knew that I couldn't go back. Hmm. That this was it. That finally I'd met God and he had met me and he has held on to me and I wasn't going, but there was nothing, there was really nothing else that could take me away from him at this point. That study revolutionized my life, my Bible study life and everything. Hmm. So that study was for eight weeks, if I can remember now, six or eight weeks. I did that study. Then after that, 
um, the second study, the next study, sorry, was supposed to be um, Psalm 119. Hmm. And then we were advertising for facilitators. I was like, I've always wanted to teach God's word. My, I was telling you about my dad earlier. He was, he's obsessed with, he was obsessed with God's word. Um, when I was growing up, we could see my dad sitting at his desk for six, eight hours, just reading and studying God's word. Wow. And there was this thing over the back of my mind, like, what will make a man leave everything and sit down with a book hmm. and be so much in love with it for hours? He would, he would be seated for hours, at six, eight hours. I grew up seeing my parents like that. Hmm. So I always wonder, what one of, that one of the things God used to call me back home was, what, what would be so interesting about a God and about a book that would make people abandon their lives? just mm. to sit with this. So I, I, I really wanted, I'm a very, very inquisitive person. So yeah. I really wanted to know. So when, when so I was like, yeah, I, I think I'd love to do this. And they were training us too. So that would even give me, um, well, that would give me the, the encouragement too. So I trained to be a facilitator. And I did this study with a group. And it was amazing. And I feel like, yes, you can do this. Yes, you can be very, very useful to God. You know? Yes, yeah. you can be useful to God. Because I really wanted to be useful to him. Hmm. I didn't deserve the love that he has shown me. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't deserve the love that he has shown me. And somehow I wanted to give back. Yeah. In my, my 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 little mind, somehow I wanted to, um, should I say payback? Yes, that word is not give, I was payback. I want to tell him I appreciate what he has done for me. So yeah, yeah that's how I continue as a facilitator, the studies. Then, this, then December of 2015, then a sister, uh, Marta, very dear friend of mine, love God greatly. She she chatted me up and was like, "What language is it? Do you speak in Nigeria?" And I'm like, "Wow, we have over 400 languages. We speak a lot, but I am fluent in one of them because I grew up in the north." And she was like, "Would you love to translate our studies into that?" And the back of my mind was like, "Do you know who I am? I am <laughs> a failure. I can't even pass school. Yeah. I am a total failure." How do you want me to translate a study? That's for people that are intelligent, people that are rich, people that. I'm perfect and good, not damaged goods like me. Hmm. I just like, you can do it if you want to do it. Hmm. So I prayed about it. prayed about it. I told my parents about it. And I did it. And it was, it was, I can't really, ex- it, it was amazing. It was, was mind-blowing. It, it made me fall in love with God over and over again. And that's what love God greatly has done to me. It renewed my confidence in myself first. Hmm. It gave me a platform to, to, to express my God-given talents. Hmm. I tell people that I can't teach any other thing except God's word. Hmm. I am horrible. Don't take me to a classroom to teach any other thing. I can't do it. But give me the Bible and ask me to talk about a verse or a scripture or something. And I'll go hours talking about God. I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't get tired of it. Hmm. Love God greatly helped me restore my self-esteem hmm. because I had a battered battered, battered self-esteem. It restored my self-esteem. It gave me an identity that I wasn't just a child of God, just being a child that takes and takes and takes, but I'm a child that can serve. I'm a child that can be useful. And not just on, not just on a little platform, but on a platform as great and as, as big as love God greatly. It blew my mind that God could even think about me out of all the millions of women in Nigeria. I wasn't, yeah. I'm not supposed to be. I'm, I'm not even the hundred or the one thousand or the one million person to do this. I'm not, there was no, there was no standing for me in it, but 
Ever greatly gave me that 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 platform to be everything, and yeah, it's, it's amazing. amazing. It it's is amazing. amazing. And so, you're a young African woman, um, Nigerian, and this passion for God's word. If there's a, another young lady that's listening in, can you can you can you share or what how the importance of God's word is for her in her life? Does that make sense? Yeah, it it does. Scripture says of his pasture, sorry, where his own. And the truth about it is that there is a space in our lives that nothing else can fill. I've tried this in our lives that nothing else can fill. I've tried it. I've been both places. Hmm. Yeah, I've been both places. I think the only thing I didn't do was hard drugs because I didn't have, I, I tell people I don't have the, I don't think my brain can take it, but God's space. And the truth about it is that it's not just a space in our hearts, but it's the whole of our hearts because it's in him we find fulfillment. It's in him we find the ability to express ourselves and be whatever we want to be. Every talent, every dream was God built. We, he created us in his image. So every, if I wake up this morning and I'm like, I want to be a doctor, God put that dream in me. Whatever it is I want to become, God put that dream in me. And somehow when we are not in God, the devil looks for ways to, 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 to manipulate those, those talents and gifts to please himself and his kingdom. But in God, God uses that to, 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 to populate his kingdom and points people to him. So for a young girl, I'll tell you, God's word is, is life. It's life. It's literally life. I don't mean life figuratively. I mean life in the sense of life as I'm breathing, mm. it's life. Because in it, you would find your identity. In it, you will find your place. Mm. In it, you will find expression. In it, you will find a love that cannot be compared to anything. Mm. I, have, I had an amazing father. My father was amazing. He, 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 he molded the kind of love a man should give to his wife, to his children, and to people. Hmm. So I, if I'm talking about love in the sense of love, 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 sacrificial love, loving in, all, in, in his entirety, I would always use my dad as a human um, example of it. But um, in God's word, you will find a love that no human can give you. A love that would keep you sane in the craziness of our world right now. A love that would daily build your confidence. A love that would help you move through every stage of life. His word is life. His word is food. It's sustenance. Not just for your spiritual life. Not just for your spiritual aspect. No. For every aspect of your life. For your emotional health. Your mental health. Your physical life. God's word is, 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 is usable. It's food. It's, it's nourishment. It's sustenance for Every aspect of a man's life, hmm. every, every aspect of a man's life, you move through all the seasons of your life and things will change, but God's word will not change. So that um, unchangeable aspect of his word keeps you sane and grounded through the different um, aspects of life and the different, um, 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 different stages of life. Thank you. Hmm. Different stages of life you would have to go through. A few years ago, I was a daughter. Suddenly I'm a wife. And suddenly I'm going to be a mother. 
The last few months have been really, really taxing on my mental health. Why? Because suddenly my life has changed from this to this to this to this to this. In months, yeah. my life has changed. Let me share something with you. Um, I got married June last year. I got married June last year. And by July, I took in. But by September, I had a miscarriage. Mm. And it was, it's, it was, it's, 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 um, I, I, I still find, I'm still, I'm still looking for words to, um, to, to really describe the pain parents can go through is to lose a child. Yeah. The most profound pain a parent can have to have to go through is to lose a child. And that season was, it, it was horrible. It was really, really horrible. But what kept me sane, what kept me sane was God's word. Because when I had that miscarriage for a few weeks, I was, I was numb. I was crying at every little thing. It was, I couldn't wrap my head around it. It was not something I ever thought could happen to me. So it's, I, I, there were so many things went through my head. I blamed myself, even though there was no fault of mine. I blamed myself. I was angry with everybody. I was angry with my husband because it felt like he had moved on, but he was dealing with it his own way. It felt like everybody around me had moved on, but they were dealing with it their own way. So it was, I felt alone at a particular time. But what kept me sane and what made me, what kept me sane was just God's word. Because daily when I read, days where I couldn't read, it was like I lay on my bed and the Holy Spirit started bringing to remembrance when scripture says that, when Jesus said that he was going to teach and remind us of all things. Yeah. Yeah. So he started reminding me of everything I had read in his word. Then reminding me of how to encourage people that went through something like this. But he started reminding me of God's word. So I started having like an audio tape played in my head of everything the Bible says about being in this kind of a place. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. When I took in again, November last year, I was scared, anxiety, fear, everything. What if it happens again? What if it can happen? There was so much. I was, I, I was going through a myriad of emotions and thoughts. But what kept me sane was God's word. Life. It's, I, it's, for me, it's the only thing that can keep a human sane. Our world is very, very scary dimensions these days. And the only thing I feel, I know, I know without an iota of doubt, I can keep any young girl or any person sane and grounded in God. It's God's word. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. What, yeah. Amazing testimony. Amazing testimony. And so when we look at, you talk about your, what is a favorite, favorite biblical passage? Um, you love God's word or there's some, and, and one, maybe the reason that that biblical passage really resonates with you. Um, it was my favorite. Actually, my dad introduced me to that person. It was um, actually have two. Yeah. Um, Psalm 62, 11 and Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Psalm 62, 11. Um, God has spoken. Twice, twice have I heard the power of God belongs to you. Um, at a particular point in my life where everything failed me, I saw the power of God move in dimensions that were mind-blowing. And the second one, Colossians 1, 13 and 14, for he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have forgiveness. Uh, mm -hmm. We have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. That's actually the story of my life. God's wow. redemption, God forgiving me and his redemption. Those are my two favorite um, portions of scriptures. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And did those help you through that, that time as you were moving through this time of, of you shared about yeah. your miscarriage? 
How did they help yeah. you? How did those scriptures help you uh, keep you grounded during that time? Psalm 62 verse 11 brought to brought back to my um helped me remember the fact that um nothing happens without God's knowing. Hmm. And that secondly, all power belongs to him. Hmm. So if 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 he had allowed this to happen, then there's he, he, there's something he's doing. There's something that wants to happen. There's something he's there's something that is going to happen. He's it. It didn't take him unawares. Hmm. Like when my dad passed two years ago, it's it's it, till today. It actually um. So if I talk about it to my program, I get emotional. Today hmm. it's still it's, it's still it's still um surprises me and gets me makes me stutter. I don't really know how to explain it. But one of the things that verse does for me is that it reminds me that number one, nothing happens without God's knowing. Hmm. And that secondly, all power belongs to him. Hmm. So one of the, uh, one of the things that God said to me when my dad passed two years ago was a boss. No one took power away from my hands. Hmm. Because I, will, I really couldn't understand why my dad had to go. And at that point in time, no, I really couldn't understand. I was trying so much to wrap my head around it. And God, God told me that one of these, we were worshiping at home. And he just said, say, boast, no one took power away from my hands. So that scripture, that's Psalm 62 verse 11, reminds me that nothing, take him, nothing takes him unawares. And secondly, that he is all powerful. Nothing or no one has more power than he does. So if this has happened, something is about to happen. Hmm. And if he has allowed this to happen, then there's a purpose, there's a plan. Because that, um, I had to, when, when I, I knew that my, I, um, my baby died um, on a Saturday, on the 18th of September, then I had to have an evacuation done on the 20th of September, Monday. But that 18, when I went to the hospital and was, everything was checked, and was like, I'm sorry, your baby is not your baby's heart is no longer beating. I was numb. It was in the morning. I didn't believe the first time. I didn't believe the second time. It had to be a doctor that I that I trust hmm. that did it the third time, a third opinion before I kind of was able to leave the hospital. And I was at home that Saturday. My friends, some of my close friends were already there with me, trying to talk and everything. And I was numb. I cried. I, I did everything. I was, I was numb. I was in a state of shock. The only thing I could do in response to that was just cry. Hmm. And throughout that whole day, I couldn't pray. Throughout that whole Saturday, I couldn't pray. My friends were talking, Ibos, we know you're strong. God has a reason for this. They were giving all the encouragement and everything. And I was numb. I was quiet. I was just staring into space and crying. And when evening came, some of them had to leave to go home. And I, I, wanted, I wanted peace and quietness because the way I deal with trauma is silence. Hmm. I don't want people talking. I don't want it to hear from God. When I hear from God, if I can hear from God at that moment, then any other thing can happen. I'll be fine. So, the, 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 so many, they were talking so much and encouragement and they meant well. God bless their hearts. They meant well. But I needed silence in my heart. I, uh, before I had to move back to where my husband stays, I was staying alone. So I needed silence in my heart. So I told everyone to go home and they didn't want to leave. 
Then I had to tell them that my younger brother was coming to stay with me, that I wouldn't spend the night alone because they were scared of me spending the night alone. Then to go home that I was going to be fine. My younger brother is coming. So they all left and we're still calling. Has he come? Has he come? Has he come? I told them he's coming, but he never really did come. So I was home that evening alone with my thoughts and I couldn't pray. And that made me very, very scared. And suddenly something has happened and I couldn't find the words to express myself to God. I've never had that problem before expressing myself to God. It has not been a problem for me. But suddenly something had happened in my life and I couldn't talk. Hmm. So I, so somehow around 11 p.m. or so, I drifted off to sleep and I slept off. Why am I bringing this story? I'm getting some. I slept off and around 5 a.m. in the morning, trying to connect my story to that verse. Around 5 a.m. in the morning, I woke up. The Holy Spirit woke me up. And when scripture says that the Holy Spirit helps us intercede, I saw that verse happening in my life. I woke up around 5 a.m. And this was the prayer that came to my mind. Father, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know why it happened, but I trust you. And if this is um, the kind of story that happened in John, where Jesus' disciples Jesus disciples asked him that this blind man was it his sin or his parents? And Jesus said, "No, it wasn't anybody's sin, but it happened that God might get the glory." So, Father, if this that is happening is this kind of situation that you want to get the glory from this, then please bring my child back to life. But, Father, if this is not that moment where really I would have to have an evacuation on Monday. Father, if this is that time, then I accept it, no problem. But as long as you are here, as long as this is you, as long as God, you know what's happening, as long as this, as long as all power still belongs to you, then I'm fine. And that was how my healing started. I was able to move from that point. So yeah, that verse, C2 verse 11 is... Is an astounding verse. I'm sorry, I'll talk too much. No, no, no. I I am honored that you would share um, what you've been through. And um, I really believe it will encourage um, both men and women that are listening in um, that have, that are going through and have walked through miscarriages. It's, as you said, it's a pain and depth that I don't know personally. Um, At the same time, I I really am honored that you would share that and and you will use that um, to encourage um, those listening in. So Avos, thank you very much for that. I really do appreciate it. Two last questions for you. So what are some of the barriers do you think that women um, run into uh, that keeps them from engaging in God's word? The life of a woman is very busy. Okay. (laughs) The life of of a woman is very, very busy. Like this morning, I woke up and I only had a few minutes to pray. And I was up from my bed because... I had to be at work early. I'm on call. I'm on call today. I'm on call today. So I had to be in the hospital quite early. I still had to make breakfast and lunch for my husband before leaving. There were one or two things I needed to do in the house because I know I wasn't coming back home today because I'm going to be in the hospital. So before I knew, I had to dash out of the house and I just felt that there are so many things I should have done I didn't do. So when I actually got to work and I got a quiet place and time, I was even able to open my Bible to read. Hmm. The life of a woman is incredibly 
busy. When I'm done with you right now, by four o'clock, I'll have to resume work again by four. Yeah. I have to take a, a fast break to be here by four because I'm on call. I have to resume work by four. And that will be till tomorrow morning. Yeah. And I already have a list of things I have to yeah. do tomorrow. Yeah. So the life of a woman, number one, is incredibly busy. Yeah. It's very, very busy. So that's if you don't make out time, if you don't make out time to study or to spend time with God, you would never get to do it. And that's one of the biggest hindrances. Secondly, the way our society has told us that um, um, we kind of live in a society where the woman has to take a secondary role. So it's like in everything, we have to take a secondary role. So it somehow has um, seeped into the church where um, we are, most of our most of our um most of who we are are not really really um used or expressed in church hmm. yeah so we feel that the teaching is for the pastor hmm. the prayers is for the pastor um the knowledge is the knowledge of god's word is for the pastor and i always tell people that it's god's word and we all children of god and every christian should be a student of god's word yeah. that is that, that is it Every Christian, every child of God, let me get very personal. Every yeah. child of God should be a student of God's word. It's not for the man. It's not for the pastor alone. It's not for the Bible teacher alone. No, it yeah. is for every child of God. Yeah. So that thing our society has done to us women, telling us we have to take a secondary role in most things, has made us feel that I have to be taught. Hmm. Someone has to every day sit in and teach me. I have to always be I have to always sit behind or under somebody. I can't do this myself. I can't sit down myself with the Bible and understand it. Hmm. Yes. So that 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 in itself has really, really hindered women from being able to, to study God's word like they should do. Yeah. 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 One last question for you. How does, how does love God greatly work in the African context? Well, um, I know presently, if I can remember all, we have our studies, the English study being translated into about four African languages, four or five. Okay. I know there's Hausa, I know there's Swahili, there's Arabic, um, um, this country in Africa, um, Eurasia, sorry, I'm not pronouncing it properly. Yeah. But that, um, one of the languages spoken in South Africa, Africans, okay. yeah, Africans. So we should have like six, five to six um, studies yeah. together with the English study. So how Love Greatly can be applied into the African context is um, one of the problems I had was I wanted to have our journals. They are really beautiful. Yeah. But shipping, shipping into Nigeria was a hassle. Amazon doesn't really <laughs> do that. Yeah, was a hassle. So how Love God Greatly made it very easy for us is by having the free downloadable studies online that we could download yeah. print out and study. Yeah. Secondly was the creation of the ability for women to have little, little groups online. Mm. And there were materials for us to use. Like each day we have a graphics and that graphics is all the verses we need for that day to study. So yeah. as a facilitator, I just have to post that to my group and the women don't really have to have a journal. You can have yeah. your own note, journal you buy from the market, copy those verses on it and study. So you don't have to have the beautiful journal. You can have these materials yeah. to use. That made it very, 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 very easy for us. The creation of little, little, little online groups and the ability to have these studies 
download able to download them. One of the problems we had was that most all the studies were very expensive. Hmm. So by the time you convert the dollar into our currency, it's really, really expensive. And the average African woman doesn't have a lot like that. Yeah. That's the truth. She doesn't have a lot like that. So by the time she puts a lot of things together, she has to get, somehow the journal can take a backseat to a lot yeah. of things that need to be done. So yeah, the fact that we can have these free studies to be downloaded and printed out for our own use. And secondly, the creation of these online groups that we could be there to fellowship with other women. And thirdly, that some of us in our languages, we could find these studies translated in our languages. If the English bar- if the English was going to bring a big barrier, you could have it in your own language to study. And yeah. that really, 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 really helped. Like Hausa is spoken by about, th- um, by about 13 countries in Africa. Wow. Yeah. Arabic, Arabic too, is a, a lot of countries yeah. in Africa that speak Arabic. So somehow we have like conquered Swahili to a lot of countries speak yeah. the Swahili language, Afrikaans sure. too. So you can see somehow we are, we are, we are conquering Africa for God, yeah. for uh-huh. Jesus. Not just in English, but in our, in our language, in our major, major, major languages, we are conquering Africa little by little for Jesus. And it's my dream and prayer that if at a, a time will come where every woman, every woman that wants to really study God's word in Africa can, can have it in her language. She doesn't understand English, she can have it in her language, she can be able to do, download it. She can have a group, she can create her own group. Wow. Anyhow she wants to do it, as long as it's God's word, she can do it. Yeah, wow. Thank you so much. You have been Thank a joy. You have been joyed to spend time with today. Would you pray for us today? That God will use this to encourage um, the listeners that are listening in. Dear God, my heart swells to overflowing with love for you and gratitude for all that you do in our lives and for your love. And Father, I know that there are going to be a lot of people listening to this, but women, men, children. And I pray that, Lord, this um, little words that I have spoken, these testimonies of things that you have done in my life and encouragement, that somehow someone listens to it and they find their place in you. That somehow someone listens to it and the Holy Spirit convicts their hearts and they decide to become a student of your word and to spend time in your word in prayers. I pray for every African woman and that somehow that she would find you, not just find you, but she'll be able to influence others for you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be here, Lord. This is, this is great, Lord. You, Lord. you know my story, Father. You know me. And you know that this is, this, is, this is wonderful. This is amazing. This is great. And I return all glory to you. I'm grateful, Father. I'm grateful for this opportunity and for this um, ability to build a new friendship. So, Father, this is amazing. This is beautiful. And this is good. Very, very humbling, Lord. And I am grateful. Thank you, Father, because you're worthy. For in Jesus' beautiful name we have prayed. Amen.